Welcome to this week's podcast of Live Transform. This is episode number 55. What? what? Did you just say 55? 55, yeah. Did you just say hey. 55? And and as well, we've got Thanksgiving. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yep, to the Woo-hoo. Americans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to those in, in the United States, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, we're going to uh, dovetail this episode together with last week's mm-hmm. episode number mm-hmm. 54, and I really enjoyed last week. Mm, um, me too. I, I think kind of the direction we're going is helping people to discover the real you. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're going. But in order to do so, can we really begin to see God the way that he really, really is? So, exactly. Um, Audrey, good to have you with us Thank as you. well. Dr. Jim Richards is with us Woo-hoo. with Impact Ministries. Good to <laughs> hear you, Jim. That's always his intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, listen, I just want to give my opinion now, saying I'm going to mess things up. <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that with this broadcast, you yes. should... You should leave in there every attempt you had at getting this program started. <laughs> I, I, I think I think they need to participate in the in the fun oh, of, of getting yeah, this stuff off. Me, me, okay, welcome. Uh, wait, number. Wait, wait yeah. let's do it again. Let's uh, do it again. Yeah. Take, take number like twenty-seven. <laughs> Yeah, me trying to get my intonation right and uh, make everyone feel happy and welcomed. Okay, yeah. good. I hope you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, we do. Too. Uh, you, know, you know what? When we do this, and, and I know you guys, are, I mean, besides the fact, I mean, we're doing this and we're looking at each other through, you know, a computer screen. But, you know, it kind of, for us, it has that feel of sitting around my kitchen table. Yes, right. it does. You know, when we're all sitting out there just sharing our heart. Man, I Which hope we have done many, many, many yeah. times. Yeah. And I hope that's what the, the, I hope that's what the yeah. listeners are, right. are, right. are doing. Yes. I hope for them it's sort of like, yeah, we're just sitting around the kitchen table at Jim's house or at Bob and Audrey's yeah. house. Yeah. And, and we're, just, we're just talking about God, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 I love that. And there's a lot of fun behind the scene chatter oh, that yeah. we have as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stop I, don't, and, I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever fully record those, though. No, those. <laughs> but you know, stop and think. Listen, the children of Israel. People don't understand, man. When the children of Israel would come together and have their feast and their sacrifices, you know, we got this idea that, like, I think the Day of Atonement was the one time a year that you were allowed to come before God in a solemn assembly. Every other time was a party. Man, they wow. would they would get together, and and they would some of their offerings they would share with the people, and they would eat, and they would share testimonies. They would talk about you know experiencing God, and and people would encourage each other, and they would laugh and rejoice. I tell you, we we just have a totally skewed concept of what the old covenant was about. I, and and, mm. and everyday people that I love and respect, I hear them talk about it, it was based on fear. It was based on outward works. No, it wasn't. It's always uh-huh. been based on faith. You've never been able to please yeah. God except by faith. Uh-huh. And what you're describing is just so much life. Like I just want, whenever we get together, there's just this synergy of life. And so listener, I mean, I wish I could just grab you and make sure you're, you know, in this, that's right. Moment with us, but you and are. That's what we get to do. That's yeah, right. put, we put are. Your par- vir- put your party hat on. <laughs> yeah, because we are virtually partying together today. That's right. I'm, I'll go back to a '70s song. Oh my. Uh oh. But I won't <laughs> sing it. <laughs> but we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a, a, a peculiar pe- people. A, pe- a peculiar people. I mean, remember singing that song? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Of course. Okay. We yeah. could all hum the tune. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Anyway, but. 
you see, it was it was the party. But yeah. imagine mm-hmm. the children of Israel singing yeah. that song, because all the other nations were observing them. Yeah, you're a chosen people. Yeah, you're a chosen nation, uh, and that's what the world should be uh, looking at us and just, talking about us. Listen, just think those yeah. other nations were so terrified of their gods and so desperate to fight, to, to appease the wrath of their gods, they were sacri- burning their children alive. I mean, oh my gosh. They, we they, can't even imagine they would take. They, can you imagine taking a, yeah. a, a newborn baby down no. to Moloch? And, yeah. and, and, you know, the way they did it, his arms kind of came up like cradling a baby, and they would drop the baby, and it would roll down his arms and then drop into a fire. And you're sitting there watching your baby oh, no. burn no. alive. No. No. Or could you imagine no. you've got a 10-year-old daughter or 10-year-old son, and it's the time that you're supposed to send them to the temple to be the temple prostitute for that month no. and no. have sex and orgies with every man that came through. They were doing all of these things. And they were looking over the children of Israel, and they were like, they were getting together, having a party. They were right. family when they, they were worshiped family. their God. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, and and I get it. I've said the same things. Uh, I misunderstood the same things. I'm not trying to point my fingers at anybody, but I'm telling you, we got to get off of this idea that the Old Testament was based on works. We've got to get off of the idea. Matter of fact, the Old Testament itself said that nobody is justified by the works of the flesh. It was not based on fear. It was not based on outward observance. It was based on people trusting what God said and responding to it. In fact, that's what faith does. Faith responds to what God says. It obeys because it's because it trusts. And it's, the New Testament covenant is no different than the Old Covenant in that respect. Mm-hmm. And people r- continually view um, Old Testament angry God, New Testament loving God. Which is absolutely false. Exactly. <clears throat> I, I was uh, speaking with someone recently, and they were really hurt and just um, being very confused at you know what's happening here in North America, you know, with uh, 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 murders taking place in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, at a church, you know, family, mm-hmm. eight mm-hmm. eight members or, or more, you know, killed in one family. I mean, all these things. And what they're wanting to do is where do we hang the blame on this? And and there was a minister that came on a, a, a news, a network news, and they wanted to hang it on the devil. And so they were asking me, you know, so where is this God? And 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 so this, you know. If, if God is so loving, so kind, and so good, and so powerful, how or why would he allow this to happen? And, and, I, and I took some time, and I really began to answer their questions for them, but they really struggled yeah. at the concept of the love of God. Yeah. Well, stop and think. I'm that's sorry. the same I'm question. A, a, I'm a, I'm a, no, no, no. Go ahead. No, jump no. right in, Because this really drives me to where we're going today yes uh, you know we're on in this broadcast now when a, the moment a person asked the question why would god allow this hmm. then then the only response to that is you don't see god as he is that's the only response 
because God's not allowing it. See, God cannot, and you know this. I'm not. I know no, you no, no, no. You need to say this. You know, Jim. God cannot yeah. create us and as in His likeness and image, having a free will, and then make us do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, a loving God. And see, here was the thing about the nation of Israel: they had laws. You know, I don't know if you guys remember this, because you you might not have been in this conversation, but it was in the early days of me doing programs with Audrey's dad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I mean, this is, golly, this would have been late 80s, early 90s at best. And so I'm back there, and there was a big debate going on in the studio about, uh, about capital punishment. And... And so I'm off over kind of minding my own business because I really didn't want to get in that conversation. <laughs> and because, because the Bible is very clear about capital punishment. Now, <clears throat> the moment you say I'm against capital punishment, you're saying you're more compassionate than God. You're saying you're more just than God. See, we take the scripture, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, and we totally, we make it all about vengeance. No, that's about civil law that says the... A fair punishment is that you receive the punishment that you either did or you tried to do to somebody else. That, 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 that's, that's all it really means. So if, 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 I, if I sue you and it turns out that I lose, I have to pay you what I tried to sue you for. Mm-hmm. You know, if I cost you something, I have to pay you. what. I, if I stole from you, I had to give you five times what I stole from you. <clears throat> because that's the only way that you can make the punishment fit the crime. And so the debate over there was, well, that's, you know, capital punishment doing good, but they all, they all kind of knew my background. They knew I grew up in pretty, you know, pretty rough life. And so finally, and I think it was, I think it was probably your dad mm-hmm. said, Jim, come here. You know, you're from America. You know, you, you guys all can carry guns under if you want to. And j- just tell me, do you think that uh, capital punishment makes any difference? And I said, well, all I can tell you from my experience was the last time I had a gun stuck in somebody's face, ready to pull the trigger, the one thing that stopped me was I knew that it cost me my life. And that's the only thing that stopped me. Really? Oh, yeah. And so, but but see, here's the problem. We don't believe that God is love. We don't believe that everything that he gave us, every rule that he gave us to have a civil society is to protect the people he loves. Right. And so we throw away the laws. Have you ever heard of the broken window concept in in law enforcement? No. Uh, Broken windows says if if we will arrest somebody for breaking a window then we're not going to have to worry about them crawling through that window and stealing what's on the other side of it. In other words, if we will deal with crime at the very small, you know, small crime level, mm-hmm. and those people see that, there's a res- that there is a consequence for their actions, then they do not escalate to larger crimes. Now, the very people today that, that would have that kind of argument, they don't realize that there's one reason people like that do what they do and that is because if you go back and look at all of these mass shooters if you go back and look at their records judges and laws that are based on social justice that is 
totally opposite to what God's Word says. When these people uh, violently hurt people in the past, they didn't pay a price for it. When these people stole in the past, they didn't pay a price for it. When these people hurt and wounded people, they did not pay a price for it. And so eventually you just get to a place to where you think you can get by with anything. Now, we get, you know, we can dive off into a big yeah. old political thing here, or we can say, wait a minute. If God gave us all these civil laws, then he's being a legalist. No, God is showing us how to have social order. And when all of these... See, God told the children of Israel, he said, look, if you'll obey my laws and treat each other this way and have this kind of justice, as I'm teaching you how to have social and civil justice, he said, the other nations will look at you in awe and they'll literally be afraid of you because we'll have mm-hmm. such peace and we'll have such order and, 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 the, and the, the good people, the godly people will be protected from those who seek evil. And that's what happened. The, as long as they walked with God and applied his justice, then the other nations could could not overcome him because they were strong, they were powerful. But again, that whole departure from all of those civil laws that God taught is based on one crucial factor. We don't we don't see God as he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, and, I mean, from that, creation. That's we're where through. we were last week. Yeah. Moses saying. God, I'm, you know, the people are, are recognizing your deeds, your acts, <clears throat> but he says, Moses' request in his prayer was, I want to know your character. I yeah. want to know your ways. Yeah. I want to see you the way you are. Yeah. I want to know why you do what you, you do. Why? Yeah. 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 You know, you, you know, when we were talking about that last week, one of the things that kept popping in my mind now, and again, I, sometimes I'm so, I feel so uncomfortable saying some of the things like I'm about ready to say. But, you know, other than people who have had big crusades around the world, I've seen more miracles than almost anybody I personally know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know one or, personally know one or two people that probably saw more miracles than I have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just, I just never met many people that have seen that many miracles. As a matter of fact, you know, my translators overseas, they used to say, they used to say there are more miracles that happen in your meetings than anybody ever comes to our country. Wow. And, uh, and it was, and they did. But I, I tell you something, and, and see, I can really feel Moses here. I, I can really tell you, having been in the eye of the storm, having been—I mm-hmm. mean, I mean—it it was to the place in the Philippines that when I would walk down the street, people would just try to touch me because they, there had been so many miracles that they believed if they could just touch me, they would get healed. I mean, that's pretty, that's kind of pretty radical, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I had to stay in hiding when I wasn't preaching. I had to stay in hiding to keep from being mobbed by, by people who needed miracles. Well, here was the thing in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest realities I had is this doesn't solve any of my problems. Hmm. This doesn't change who I am as a person. This doesn't help my character. And it really doesn't even help me understand God. I mean, I understand certain things about God. I understand that he's good. I understand he wants these people to be healed. But but I don't know what all is going on in the heart of God about why it happens this way. And And, you know, Moses, I mean, just stop and think of everything that he saw. 
and he and he's in the middle of that saying i've experienced what everybody else in the world wishes they could experience and i realize that this this still didn't show me who god is i still don't really see him as he is and it really isn't the ultimate moment of experiencing heaven on earth no like you'd think it was that would be your moment of yep. of seeing a miracle and being part of that, wow, what an honor, what a privilege to be part of God touching someone's life and healing them. I, I think that's incredible. But it's not the ultimate. The ultimate is waking up every day, experiencing his love yep. and connecting to him on such a level that you see through that yep. portal that we talked about, that we don't have anything to fear. I think the, mir- the miracle when I'm not scared of anything because of who God is as my protector, my my safety, my provision, my everything, to not be scared to me is my biggest miracle. Like, I mean, just because of how loved mm-hmm. I am. He yep. loves me where I'm most scared and chases away all fear, and I can just commune with him. And to not be fearful of the future or fearful yep. of failure or fearful of of rejection or any of those things, that's yeah. that's extreme experiencing God. Yeah, you know, I, 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 the one time in, in my life when I when I backslid for a while, I mean, I, I didn't go back on drugs. I didn't go out and start drinking and partying or any of that kind of stuff. I just left the ministry. And and really, there, there, I mean, there were things falling apart in my life. I was sick. I was dying. I, I, I had lost, you know, financially. I, there's I, always that, right? Yeah, there's always that. <laughs> and so I was wow. – I was – I'd already – told my elders in my church that I was resigning and and uh, I had told them once before and they taught me to stay and, and I knew I shouldn't have I knew I should have stuck to what I told them to begin with but I stayed so after a few weeks I came back and said look I'm, I'm leaving this you know, I don't need to be here with, with what's going on in my life and uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. so it was like one of like within a week of my last service there and I was struggling with things I had attitude problems I was I was angry I was angry at the church I was angry at mm-hmm. Christians I was you know I was frustrated and so that night uh at the altar call we had some people experience some you know some miraculous things there was a girl mm-hmm. there with a frozen shoulder and mm-hmm. I mean she had her arm up at, like in a in a a sling you know and bam man she just Instantly got healed. That arm popped out of there, and she began worshiping God. So some, you know, some pretty phenomenal things happened. Well, you know, everybody in the church knew something was going on with me, and yeah. of course, you know, when people know something's going on with you, then they start trying to figure out what it is, and so rumors start spreading. And you know, some of them are true, some of them aren't. But right after the service, this woman walked up and grabbed me by the hand. She said, "You know, brother Jim," she said, "I've just been hearing some things about you, and I." And you know, uh, but you know, after what happened here tonight, you know, I know that none, I, I know that oh. nothing I heard about you is true, and I know, man, right. I know that you're anointed, and da da da. And she started trying to walk away, and I just held her hand and pulled, jerked her back to me. I said, "Let me tell you something." I said, "Right now, I'm as backslid in my heart as I've ever been since I've been walking with God." I said, "What you saw happen here tonight has nothing to do with with if I'm right or not right in sin, not in sin. What happened here tonight happened because I still preach the truth, and these people standing down here just happen to believe the truth. But this has nothing to do wow. with where I am with God. See, we've got this idea." Wow. That wow. if people that if people can get miracles or can get you healed or, or if they can just preach a great sermon, that somehow that is that's the glory of God. That's the proof that all is well with God. Well, no, it's not. Just absolutely not. 
You know, one of the most powerful statements to me, and it's, it's one of the cornerstone statements of heart physics, where Paul says, listen, I, I, I have this mystery. Now, remember, a mystery, the word mystery is, <clears throat> is something that is revealed to you, is something hidden that is revealed to you sequentially. Hmm. Now, cults, the occult, when the Bible talks about the occult, it uses the same word for mystery. And the difference mm-hmm. is they, they take you through these initiation processes, but they never tell you the truth about the end goal. Now, but the mystery of the kingdom, they tell you the truth about the end goal, but you can only, you can only comprehend the next step when you fully embraced the step that you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So see, Very the, much so, yes. The kingdom of, see, we've got this idea that if I can learn all this theological information that I know, because I can explain it, I know it. That is just absolutely not true. Right. And the kingdom of God is a, a personal journey that we're making that if we're reading the Bible and praying from the perspective of I want to know you, I, wanna, I want you in my life, you know, I want what does this look like in my life? How do I apply this? In other words, it's about me and God and who we are and who I'm becoming. Then, then what happens is to whatever degree I embrace and, and, and experience whatever it is that God's showing me now, that is the only thing that prepares me for what he wants to show me next. And so and so in, in the kingdom of God, we're making this journey. And so Paul says, now, I have this mystery. I've been, I've been made an apostle, you know, of this mystery. And, and he said, here's the mystery. And, and, and see, this is a mystery that God started showing all the way back from the Garden of Eden. He showed it through all the sacrifices. He showed it through all the rituals. He showed it through everything he's ever said and ever done. And, is this, and, 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 this, and, and what I'm about to say is not the end of the mystery. We think it is. Yeah. But he said, and here's the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is the mystery that up until then had been hidden from all the prophets, from all the seers, from all, from, from, from all the people that spoke for God, from, from all the people that had re- true revelations of God, even from Moses himself. They did not understand reaching this place of the Messiah in you as the hope of glory. But see, that's not the end of the mystery. Mm-hmm. We, we, we think knowing that information is the end of the mystery. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but let's just kind of let's kind of break that down from a, a word study point of view. This is the way I do it with my Bible school students is, you know, when, when, when I would teach, when I teach language classes, you know, it would be like, okay, you, you look up the definition of every single word in the verse and, and then let's start to see how, all of those definitions fit into the context, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we talk about the glory of God and, you know, the brightness, the splendor, the greatness, da, 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 da. But ultimately, it comes down to, in the Greek, it comes down to the view, the opinion, the reality. Now, we know that is harmonious with the Hebrew word, which presents a concept of looking through this portal and connecting to God heart to heart and, and, and embracing the revelation of who God is and, and all this kind of stuff. So we, so we know that, that's, that, that those 
old and I mean the Hebrew and the Greek are, are compatible words or comparable words. So, so if the glory of God is God's view and God's opinion, which is the reality, then he says, okay, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Now the word hope is the confident expectation of good things. That's pretty much all, all it really means. So, so hope then if, if Christ in me is my hope, then he is my confident expectation. So Christ in me is my confident expectation of God's view and opinion becoming my reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, faith got twisted into believing in God's actions you know, in other words, believing for miracles, believing for things to happen. And then those miracles got twisted into this is the glory of God. Well, that's that, that's sort of like giving your child a $100 bill. And with that $100 bill, they go buy groceries and they get to eat and they say, this money is the love of my father. No, that money was an expression of my love, but it still doesn't know that they understand why I gave it to them. Still doesn't mean that, you know, they might think in their minds, well, he gave this to us because he felt sorry for us, or he gave this to us because this, you know, this month we, we hadn't been crazy. We, you know, we hadn't been we drinking our money. Eat. You know, who knows? Yeah, who knows what they're thinking? Right. That money is an expression of something, but it is not the revelation of, of who I really am. The revelation of who I am can only be discovered by intimate involvement. Hmm. And, you know, with that intimate involvement, I've got the names of God. I've got what Jesus showed me about God. I've got the death, burial, and the resurrection. I've got all of these things to, to intellectually define the character and the nature of God. Mm-hmm. But until I experience that for myself— it is like reading a report about somebody. It's like reading a book about the right. president. It's not that yeah. personal. It, it's yeah. not. It, yeah. <clears throat> so, so for me to true Christ in me is the reason I can expect God's view and opinion becoming my reality. But there has to be a connection with Christ in me. It doesn't just happen all. I mean, I've told people for years, you know, it's like, look, when I got saved, man, I tell you, it was wonderful. I was saved. I was wonderful. I was on my way to heaven, but I was still a jerk in so many areas. Getting yes. saved didn't yes. didn't change all of these factors. Right, right, right. But getting to know God, walking with yeah. God, surrendering to God, you know, all these kinds of things, yeah, that, that produces fruit in, in your life. Yeah. So having Christ in your heart or experiencing Christ in your heart is something that happens largely because of how we respond to this truth that God says has happened. Now, remember, if your heart is part soul and part spirit, then yes, you get saved. The spirit of God comes into your spirit and that part of your heart, or that because your heart is spirit and soul, that part of your heart, yeah, Christ is there. But that part of your heart where you're experiencing him, your soul, because your heart is both spirit and soul, 
Yeah. You're not experiencing him if there's not interaction with him, right. if there's not intimate, personal involvement mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we take people, whether you call it heart physics or call it heart work. You know, you know the Bible says you direct your heart. You guard your heart. You establish your heart. Yeah. You uh, persuade your heart. I mean, you can just go down the list and you realize that I and I alone manage my heart. Yep. And even though at the deepest part of my being, my spiritual man, I have been made new, that only becomes a reality in my heart when it becomes my experience. Because yep. the soul is that part of you that experiences something. So the question is, for, you know, that I asked myself years ago and that I ask our listeners and I've asked, you know, millions of people over the years is what are you doing to experience Christ in your heart? Now, now, now the, you know, a lot of these grace junkies would say, well, if you do anything, you're in, you're in works. Well, so, so you're telling me that you never kiss your wife, you never talk to her, you never romance her, you never make love to her, you're, you know what I mean? You never spend time together, and somehow or another you're just supposed to be happily married just because you got a marriage license? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Uh, there has to be an engaging in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, now, Bob, I can tell you, I can tell you you're fishing to get profound on me here, Bob. No. What you What you got? Well, I I was just I was going here and because that's that was the prayer of Moses and because Moses went to a cave and and he really wanted to know God. And 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 he and he um sorry. I was just I was just I was sorry I was getting I was getting lost here. I was I wasn't ready yet, Jim. Yep. <laughs> I, me- I, mess, I messed you up. No, 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 no problem. Let me just take a, a quick look well, here. You know why uh, you're uh, why you're looking there if, if you if you want 30, me to interject yeah. something I can while you're looking for that. Okay, just a minute. Okay, you know, see Moses ahead. Moses set up a tent outside of uh, outside of the camp. And when he would want to go seek God, he would go into that tent. Yeah, the tent of meeting. And 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 the children of Israel would see the cloud, the glory cloud, descend on that tent. Hmm. And so then it got to where when he wasn't there and they wanted to seek God, that's where they would go. But the point is hmm. they sought to connect with God. That's even what they did through the sacrifices is they were seeking to connect to God in their hearts, not mm-hmm. the sacrifice didn't make them feel connected to God. No, the only thing that made them feel connected to God was what did they believe in their heart? They were responding to how God said to approach Him, mm-hmm. and did they believe that if they approached Him that way, that He would accept them? Now, the fire from the altar of every sacrifice was taken from the fire that God initiated. And fire, one of the things it represents is passion. So so they would bring coals off of that altar to light the sacrifices. If your sacrifice burned, 
you're there by faith. The priests, they've already questioned you. They want to know what you're believing, what you're thinking. You'd gone through this kind of interrogation, just like the Holy Spirit does whenever he's helping us to discern joints and marrow and, you know, and, and everything is going on inside of us. <clears throat> then they would bring this. And when they put that fire, when they put those hot coals on your sacrifice and the fire started, you knew mm-hmm. that God had accepted your offering. Well, see, for us, these people who are trying to have this sterile, contractual involvement with God, there's one thing that's missing, the experience. Because just like the fire of God's passion set that sacrifice on fire, when we bring our sacrifice of praise, when we bring our sacrifice of faith, when we, when we acknowledge God's view and opinion as our reality, that fire gets lit in us. We experience the fire of God inside of us. It becomes something that's beyond what I'm hoping for and becomes something that I'm experiencing right now, right in this moment. Yeah. And going back to a reference that we've talked about in these past two podcasts of Moses in Exodus 33, and he, he what Moses wants more than anything is his presence. Yeah. He says, you know, unless your presence goes with you, I'm not, I'm not leaving. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, un- unless we really consummate this this uh, relationship, yeah. you know, that I really know that you're with me, yeah. I- we're not going anywhere. And, and the Lord does something really special. And he says, I'm going to reveal myself to you. He says, but, you know, you can't see my face, but I'll hide you here in the cleft of the, of the rock, and I'll place my hand on you. And as I pass by, I'll remove my hand, and you will begin to see, you know, my backside. But, he, but what he will reveal to Moses in verse 19, he says, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you. Exactly. He's good. Yep. All of his goodness yep is going to pass. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sound, trying to say sound crass. So good. But you ever been in the hospital and you see some old fella and he's and he's walking down the hall in a hospital gown and it's split open in the back <laughs> and so his rear ends hanging out, you know. Thanks for that I, visual. I've I've, I've 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 seen that more times than I than I like to remember. But you know, we read that scripture and it's almost like you just see God's butt, you know, when he walks by. But no. Moses saw See, he didn't see his face. He saw a manifestation. And that manifestation was the goodness of God. See, the glory of God is manifest in who he is. Yeah. You know, his view, his opinion. And if we don't see him as he is, then we will never connect to his view and opinion of us. Therefore, we'll never see ourselves as he sees us. Therefore, we will never live in this reality that he sees. We can read about it. We can talk about it. We quote scriptures about it. But I, I want to, you know, I don't want to have a scripture about healing when I'm sick. I want to live in the reality of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to quote a scripture about about prosperity when I'm, when I'm broke. I want to live in the reality of it. 
and, and, it's, and it's all Jesus. Yeah. Like, you know, G- Moses had to hide his, his face into yep. that cleft of the rock, but Jesus made a way and he tore the temple veil from top to bottom so that he could invite us into his intimate oh, yeah. place where he desires us, where we are his greatest delight. And I'm just saying to you, listener, you are his deepest passion. Yeah. You are his greatest delight. There is nothing that brings him more joy than to bless you. There is nothing more that he enjoys than rescuing you and loving you and and that intimacy with you. And because he made the way, Jesus yep. made that way. And yeah, you know, I, I know we're getting close to out of time, but just to make sure yeah. we get something practical in here, you know, yeah. this is where we go to Mark four, you know, where I call the heart physics parable, where Jesus talks about the way we take information and and how it becomes life to us. And in Mark 4, you know, this is where he goes into the whole thing about the sower and the seed. And and one of the things that the English mistranslates, and it'll say, you know, like that Satan came and stole the seed out of their heart. Well, actually, in the in the original language, it indicates that the seed never got in their heart. And that that was the problem. When it fell along the wayside, it was not in their heart. When, you know, when <clears throat> when the cares of life were like thorns, it choked it out. It never grew in their heart. And so all of these people that were getting exposed to truth, but it was never producing fruit. The problem was the seed was never planted in their heart. Yeah. And and Jesus makes this statement in the English King James doesn't do it justice, where he says the degree of thought, study consideration, you know, reflecting, meditating, that you give to what you hear determines the degree of life that you get from it. Yes, that's that's the bottom line. Now, there are hundreds of scriptures, again, that the King James and most English versions are not going to reflect you got to remember, meditation is something that's foreign to the Westerners who who speak English mm-hmm. and who translate the Bible into English. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a biblical concept that people don't know about or understand. Mm-hmm. Because meditation is where you use your inner creative capabilities, your imaginations, your thoughts, you know, like I say, your ability to remember, where, where you imagine, you think, you ponder, you see whatever the Word says about God and about you and about God's promises, and you see yourself and you experience yourself in that moment you, as if it's real, as if it's real right now. You experience yourself as feeling good or, or as being out of debt. And, and what happens, that does not make it become true. That doesn't, is not no, what makes it no, be- come to no. pass. What that does is it makes it believable to you. That's right. And when it becomes believable to you, you know, over in over in Mark, Jesus didn't say, "Now when you believe this in your heart and pray in my name, it'll come to pass." No, he just said, "When you when you believe it in your heart and you speak to it, then it's then it's going to happen." And see, this yeah. kind of goes back to what we said at the beginning of the program last week. Jesus when he recovered sight, he looked out there at the thousands of people that were hungry and needed to be fed. And he did not ask God to do anything. He reconnected to God so that he could see God's provision, God's promise, so he could see it in his own heart. Then he blessed the bread and the fish, Mm -hmm. and it multiplied. And that's what needs to be happening in our lives. We need to see 
Christ in us. We need to see his promises as being ours. We need to see what we would look like healed, uh, uh, prosperous, uh, uh, righteous, godly living. We need to see what we would look like living in peace and overcoming conflict and anger. And, and, And it becomes such a reality to us that once it's conceived in our heart, that's the only place we can go with our life. We can't mm-hmm. connect to any other, any other previous reality that we perceived. And so the whole thing about believing God in your heart gets down to, is this a present tense reality that you are experiencing because you know, believe, and realize that it is God's reality? And that only happens through a process that the Bible calls meditation. Mm-hmm. Pondering something until you experience it as being real. And that's what we really um, mentioned last week in such a great way. Bob described how that's why heart physics became mm-hmm. such a real thing. But uh, even if you don't get heart physics, we don't want to exclude you. I'm telling no. you, you can, you, can, you can use the gift of your imagination and see it and feel it and experience everything that God has for you and ask God to, to touch your, your ability to see like that. Maybe you say, well, I'm not a visual person. Well, just ask God, just whatever it is, just say, help me to have that kind of an ability to see because mm-hmm. I want to experience this before. It, it be, but I loved what you said, Jim. It doesn't make it come to happen, but it does make it believable. Yep. And what we believe in our heart, we will we'll bring it into our life. It we will, will effortlessly live we it. We will effortlessly mm-hmm. live it. Yes, that's it. What a great 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 episode thank you so much and listener i just want to thank you for being in our living room with us basically around our kitchen table because because <laughs> talking about this kind of stuff is is really going to change your connection with god yeah it's surprising you, you know when people kind of uh, might give a little pushback and about imagination but i'm telling you you have no problem creating worst case scenario imagining yeah. imagining you know, your something happening yeah. terrible the to people you fear, love you know whatever yeah. it might be it, yeah. it's like wow those those things you come know easy. come very easy wow what you want to do is begin to oh, just become effortlessly to see god's ways it becomes yes. effortless to see yeah. god's redemption in this yeah. terrible situation i can effortlessly see how god's going to turn this around yeah. how he's going to provide i want his ways to become so real to me that those are my natural response mm-hmm. because yep. my trust is complete and satisfied in yeah. him Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And so Moses, when he left the mountain, his heart was full yeah. of the goodness of God. Trust yep. God. Trust him. <laughs> absolutely. You know, his heart was so full. full God, you goodness. are so good, so good, so He's good. So good. These this is your intention yeah. for me and for these people. And so as we began, you know, you are a chosen people. You're yes. chosen, royal priesthood you're set apart yeah and god is looking to reveal mm-hmm. his goodness to you yep. thank you so much jim for mm-hmm. your incredible you. wisdom and thank for you. your friendship and listener i just know that you're full of i just speak wisdom strength counsel understanding and provision over you just imagine it all because mm-hmm. it's all meditate on the reality of god because he's there for you Good. And we will look forward to next week. Yes, we will. (laughs) This is episode number 55, and it works really well with number 54. So if you missed it, go back, (laughs) hear them both, and be sure to share this podcast, Live Transform, with others. Till next week, we'll see you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.